You're listening to Center Church Podcast. At Center Church, we strive to keep Jesus at the center of everything we do. You're about to hear a message from our pastor, Matthew Edwards. But before you do, we want to invite you to visit our website at centercharlotte.org. There you can sign up for our weekly emails and receive new content as we release it. Secondly, we want to invite you to visit our pastor's blog at matthewedwards.cc. And finally, if this podcast ministered to you in any way, go ahead and subscribe and you'll be the first to know when we release more content in the future. Thanks for listening in and be blessed. Wealth and wisdom. Uh, and we're going to pick up where we left off last week. Actually, no, we're going to start somewhere a little bit different from last week. Uh, if you missed last week, don't worry, you're not going to be lost. But wealth and wisdom, the Lord shared this with me. Um, and like I said last week, I've never stood in front of the church and said, thus saith the Lord, the Lord says this, 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 and this. I've never done that before. In fact, I've tried to be very, very careful. Um, but when it came to this, I'll never forget, I was in the car delivering parts for my job, for my job. And while I was delivering, I heard the Lord say this, Solomon generation. And at the time, I didn't know what that meant, so I kept meditating, and then this came out. What was Solomon known for? Two things. What was he most known for? He was known for his, his wisdom and wealth. Did you know that to date, still to this date, that there was a university about three or four years ago that they tallied up the, 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 the sum total of what Solomon would have been worth based just on what the Bible says. And they found that even to this day, that there is still no one who has been worth more financially than Solomon was. All right, using the Bible as their, as their standard. No one to this day has been wealthier than Solomon. He has been the wealthiest man to walk the face of the planet. Now knowing that, again, the Lord said, son, Solomon generation. And so it kind of ties into what we're talking about for the theme of the year, which is the year of reaping. But more so than the year of reaping, which is just this year, the Lord said, you will be known as a people for your wealth and for your wisdom. Now, the, the beauty of wealth and wisdom is this. They actually go hand in hand. Now, there's some people who acquire wealth and they don't have wisdom. And the funny thing is, if you read Proverbs, Proverbs says anytime someone acquires wealth and they don't have wisdom, uh, it says it like this in one place. There are some people, the wicked, who, who take wealth and they think that wealth is a wall that will surround them and protect them. Little do they know that that wall will be scaled. All right. There's some people who pursue money. They pursue money. They pursue wealth. And when they get it, what they don't realize is that wall of money will be scaled very soon and the money is gone. In fact, in another place, he says it like this. Wisdom is like a fleeting sparrow. You have it one moment, but the moment you buy something is gone, just like a sparrow is gone. Right. So the idea of wealth is this. Don't pursue wealth. We're not called to pursue wealth. You can never find one place in God's word where God says, I have given you wealth. You won't find it. What you will find in the Old Testament is God says, I have given you the power to get wealth. Now, on one hand, it's like, I'm not going to give you fish. Instead, I'm going to teach you how to fish. All right. The one man who doesn't know how to fish, when he eats the fish, they'll be gone. On the other hand, God says, I want to give you wisdom. Because when I give you wisdom, you'll know how to get wealth. And when you have the wisdom, even when the wealth is gone, you'll know how to get it back. In fact, many places in God's word, God says before everything else, when he, when, he, when he lists certain things to pursue in life, do you know the first thing that God always mentions is wisdom? Wisdom is always the first thing God mentions. Now, why is it wisdom? Because again, it's like, for example, Jesus went about teaching and preaching about the kingdom of God, and he also went about healing people, right? He went about healing. He went about teaching, preaching, raising this. I'm sorry, uh, healing the sick, raising the dead, opening blind eyes. But did you know? All right. Did you know at the end of the day, even though he is a miracle worker, he also gives wisdom. All right. 
Now, God's people can live miracle to miracle to miracle, or you can live with the wisdom of God. All right? In fact, uh, me and my wife, and none of this is part of my message, but we'll just go there. Me and my wife, we were actually watching, what is it, the Paleo Way on Netflix? Have any of you seen it? So she wants to start doing this paleo diet, and I'm like, it's just another fad. And she goes, no, you need to watch this. So we sit down and we watch it, and the paleo diet actually says, let's take everything back to the way it should have been. Let's eat food the way it was supposed to be. And the way, I'm watching this, this documentary, and they start showing that the food that, that you get sometimes from certain restaurants or certain fast food restaurants, what you find is, it's actually not really food. And then you start looking generationally down the line. Now, I don't want to get into the whole food conversation, but you start looking down the line generationally and you start finding that what people are suffering with sickness and disease never existed a century ago. And centuries ago never existed then. Now, when it comes to health, and I want to be very clear, when it comes to health, all right, we don't, we don't eat certain things to be healthy. Thank you for that thunderous amen. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is our health. All right. And he is a miracle worker. There's some people who say, let's go back to the Mediterranean diet. Let's go back to the kosher diet that God ordained in his word, because that's the one that God gave us. But did you know that when Jesus came and he raised the sick, when he healed people, I'm sorry, he raised the dead, he healed the sick, he opened blind eyes. They were all on a kosher diet. <laughs> all right. So again, you say, well, if we eat like them, we'll have better results. You might have better results, but Jesus is the miracle worker. When you are sick, he's the only one who can make you healthy. And he's the only one that can, he can, the only one that can heal you, and he's the only one that can produce healing and produce health in our bodies. So we're not saying that we should eat to be healthy, but God wants to give his children wisdom. There's some things that you shouldn't come near. There's some fast food lines you just, just keep driving. <laughs> All right, I'm serious. And the reason why I say that is this, because wisdom, when you embrace wisdom, I'm getting ahead of myself, but when you embrace wisdom, wisdom will, will, will teach you how to stay away from the problem. Instead of needing a miracle from God, you'll find that you never even had to go to that place in the first place. Now, he wants to work miracles in your life, and he loves working miracles in your life. But more than miracles, he wants you to have wisdom. In fact, Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 4, wisdom is the principal thing. In fact, let's look at that. Solomon, um, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 says this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. In fact, look at verse 8 one more time. Exalt her and she will promote you. When you make wisdom priority, your priority, wisdom will prioritize you. Are you with me? When you say, I want wisdom before I get everything else, you'll find that you don't have to promote yourself anymore. Wisdom will promote you instead. All right? You don't have to show people how good you are. You prioritize wisdom, wisdom will prioritize you. Are you with me? Then it says what? She will bring you honor. You know what the word honor means? We, we touched on this a while back, I think like a, last year. Honor means to give weight to somebody's words. As a husband, I should honor, uh, honor my wife, right? I give weight to her words. When she speaks, I listen to what she says. Sometimes it may seem like, oh, she's just emotional. Oh, she's just angry. But no, no. And when we looked at that in, the, um, in our relationship series, what we, found, what we found was that when Abraham's wife was, oh, she was upset. She was emotionally angry about something. God turned around and said, her words are my words. Are you with me? God validated her feelings and validated her words. So the word honor means to give weight to what someone says. When you exalt wisdom, she will bring you honor. When you speak, people will start honoring your words. People will start giving weight to what you say. When a decision has to be made and you're the least knowledgeable person in the room, people will pay attention to what you say. 
Are you with me? She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will, pl she will place on your head an ornament of? Grace. What's that word? Grace. Grace. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. Isn't that beautiful? She will put what on your head? An ornament of? Grace. Unmerited favor. When you go places, people will see the favor of God on your forehead. When you go places, people will see the favor of God long before you get there. All you have to do is do what? Make wisdom the first thing. Make wisdom the, the principal thing. Before you get anything else in life, get wisdom. wisdom. Get wisdom. Do you know that in 1 Corinthians chapter 30, and I might be showing it, I, I will show it later. In 1 Corinthians 30, God says, Jesus has become four things for you. And it's so cool because to the church in Corinth, they were talking about all the uh, theologians they had all the great minds, all the great thinkers, and they had all these people who were poets and all these people who were just great thinkers, and they walked around thinking and talking about all these great ideas they had, and, and they started talking about the different gods they had. And when Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, Paul said this, did you know that God has made Jesus, and he lists four things, but the first thing he mentions is this, God has made Jesus your wisdom. God has made Jesus your wisdom. And he says it like this, wisdom from God. I'll show you in just a moment. Then he has become your righteousness, your holiness, your redemption. Now we'll go further in just a moment, but righteousness is something that we talk about all the time. And we're going to talk about it in just a moment. Righteousness, we talk about it all the time. When you are established in God's gift of being right with God, not your righteousness, but God's gift of making you right with him. When you are established in that, no weapon formed against you can prosper. All your children are taught by the Lord. Even when you make mistakes, all your children are taught by the Lord. Are you with me? I mean, come on. When you are established in God's gift of being right, everything God has for you finds its way to you. You don't have to pursue good things in life. Jesus said pursue the kingdom and his and everything else will find its way to you. The life of the believer is not going to motivational speed after motivation and trying to find out how to be the best you you can be. It's about laying all you are down and saying, I pursue him. And when I pursue him, everything else will pursue me. And everyone said. So what, what's the first thing we should get in life? Wisdom. Before you get anything else, get wisdom. Are you with me? So let's keep going. In fact, let's back up to Proverbs chapter 3. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 says it like this, happy is the man who finds wisdom. And I put that in gold because I wanted, to, I wanted to point this out. True happiness will only come by having wisdom. You might have happiness that lasts for a moment, but true happiness only comes by having wisdom. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. And the man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Listen to me. You know who wrote this? Who wrote this? Solomon. And who, has, who is still, to this day, the wealthiest man to walk the face of the earth? Solomon. <laughs> when poor people tell you, money's not everything, I don't take their word for it. <laughs> right? But when someone who has more money than they know what to do, the Bible says he took every piece of, uh, of, of armory that they had in his palace and he said, I don't want the shields on the wall to be bronze. I don't want them to be silver. I want every shield to be gold. Every piece of, uh, of weaponry that our soldiers have, make it all gold. I mean, he had so much gold, he was just throwing gold left and right. He had too much gold to do to deal with. All right. The wealthiest man ever. And he's telling us, I'm telling you, money is great. But at the end of the day, money doesn't compare to wisdom. 
If you get wisdom, you'll find it. You'll be happier. And we can take his word for it. Not my word. For it. Let's take his word for it. All right. Then what else does he say? Verse 16. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. When you have wisdom, you don't have to be stressed out. When you have wisdom, when things fall apart, you'll find that you still walk in peace. Because wisdom, and I'll go ahead and give you this definition now, wisdom is knowing what to do right now in preparation for the future. Only a fool looks at his current situation and says, I'm only going to focus on this right now. Wisdom says, yes, there's a fire right here, right next to me. But what will happen when I take the next step? Wisdom sets you up for long-term success. Foolish people only look for momentary success. And God wants you to be wise. Amen? Amen. All right. So now let's look at this. Let's keep going. Where are we at? Now look at this in James chapter 1, verse 5. James chapter 1, verse 5. And I, and I hope I'm not moving too quickly, but uh, I do want to come to a point. I'm excited. I'm excited. My favorite part is to see Jesus. And we're going to see Jesus in just a moment. But I'm excited. In fact, I'm excited about this verse. James chapter 1. Now, when it comes to wisdom, how do you get it? In fact, let me say this. There's two ways to get wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 13, the Bible says, he who walks with the wise will himself become wise. When you spend time with other wise people, you will become wise. So on one hand, wisdom can be imparted just by hanging out with other wise people. That's why I think it's so important for all of us. Look, if you don't come to Bible study, come to the coffee. If you don't come to the coffee, come to the book club. If you don't come to the book, come to something. But make time, make time to hang out with other people who are not just pursuing Jesus, but also pursuing the wisdom of God. Because when you hang out with wise people, you will yourself become wise. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hang out with wise people. So you come to James chapter 1. Let's look at verse 5. Verse 5 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. Say liberally. 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 One translation says freely and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, before we keep reading, I put this in gold and I stop because I want you to see this. The word liberally, literally in the Greek is the word haplos. And haplos means bountifully or graciously. So see the picture. He says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all graciously who gives to all bountifully. In other words, God won't just give you wisdom for what you need. He'll give you more wisdom on top of that and on top of that. Now I'm going to show you how God wants you to receive it in just a moment. But the initial response is to what? Ask God for it and he'll give it to you. Ask for it, he'll give it. But how does he give it? He gives it graciously. If you try to pursue wisdom any other way, you will fail. God gives wisdom to people Graciously, meaning what? He gives it to people who don't deserve it. He gives wisdom to people who do not deserve it. That's why if you come to the Lord and you say, Lord, I've done all these good things. Now I'm ready to receive wisdom. You will never receive it. You'll keep making decisions that look like your decisions. right? But you know that when Joseph stood before Pharaoh, he said, Pharaoh, seven years of plenty are coming. And then on the, on the heels of that, seven years of famine are coming. Oh, Pharaoh, and he, Pharaoh didn't ask for this, but Joseph, with the wisdom of God, said this. Oh, Pharaoh, save 20 percent in the years of plenty so that when the years of famine come, you'll have enough to sustain you. Pharaoh looked at him and said, is there anyone else in my kingdom like him who has the spirit of God on him? The spirit of God on him. A heathen king looked at him and said, clearly the spirit of God is on you. Where was the wisdom? It was with him. It was with him. Now, one more time. 
God gives it graciously, meaning it has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with Jesus. I'll show you that in just a moment. Well, look at this. Let's look at the Greek structure of this verse. Um, I love looking at the Greek. Uh, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I love looking at the Greek. Let me show you this in the Greek. In the Greek, the actual structure of the sentence looks like this. If now any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask from the one giving God to all generously and not finding fault, and it will be given to him. Now, I thought that was great, but then I went back and started looking up some commentary, and I know a little bit about Greek structure. Do you see the word God right here after giving, second line down? Because there's two commas, there's a comma before and a comma after, it means you can move God toward to the end of the sentence and it'll still make sense. You won't change what the author or the writer was trying to say. If you move God down, this is what it says. If now any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask from the one giving to all generously and not finding fault, and it will be given to him. By who? By God. I love that. God is defined right here in this verse by the one who gives to all graciously and he doesn't find fault with anyone God doesn't find fault with anyone oh man I'm telling you the cross of Jesus Christ has done so much for you and so much for your family and so much for everyone in your world that I'm telling you the message that God has for us is I am not finding fault with you come to me I will give it to you graciously because I'll never find fault with you now, how can God be judge of the universe and say, I have never found fault with you? Because 2,000 years ago, God took all our lifetime of sin, all the lifetime of sin, not just our actions and deeds, but the very sin nature of who you were, and he put it on the body of his son. And God judged Jesus as all of us, not just for us, but as us. And at the cross, God gave him everything that you deserve. Jesus reaped the harvest you deserve. So that today in 2019, Jesus, God can look at you and say, now I will give you the harvest you do not deserve. You will reap a harvest you have not labored for. And the favor of God is working for you. Yes. And everyone said? Amen. Oh man. Amen. I just love the structure of this though. Let's keep going. Look at verse six. <gasps> Did I not put it? Aren't you glad you brought your Bibles? Sorry? James, chapter 1. And here I was thinking I had it up there. Here we go. James, chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind verse 7 for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways now that verse was always used to condemn people when i was in high school when i heard this verse taught by my youth leaders but i love the verse because one more time look at verse 6 but let him ask in faith when you're asking god for wisdom ask in faith now what does that mean with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind so when you ask god for wisdom act like you have it that's the best way we can say it ask and then act ask god for wisdom act like you have it <laughs> right? i'm serious don't just ask god for wisdom and okay i don't i don't feel like my decision changed if you ask god for wisdom and you still have the same decision burning in your mind move on it ask god for wisdom act like you have it because if you ask god for wisdom and you act like you don't have it you are like a wave of the sea tossed and driven. God wants you to impress him. All right. And I say this graciously. God wants you to impress him. So when you ask him for wisdom, pretend like you have it and God will smile at you. 
I'm serious. Let him ask in faith, right? Let him ask in faith. And if he acts like he didn't get it, he's an unstable person and he'll never receive anything from God. <laughs> I love it. That's why when you ask God for healing, act like you have it. Because if you act like you don't have it, you're an unstable person you'll never receive. God wants you to pretend. We laugh at kids when they pretend. But God is saying, impress me. All right? Graciously saying that, impress me. Act like you have it. And everyone said, amen. amen. Now watch this. I know, I know now that the next verse is going to show up. It's okay. Now watch this. God gives grace. I'm sorry. God gives wisdom graciously. The foundation of your grace. But of, G, but of God you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. What did I tell you the first thing mentioned is what? Wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification, which is holiness and redemption. Now, I love this verse so much, and I'm going to move along, but I love this verse because this verse, man, this verse sets so many people free. I've seen this verse set so many people, myself included. Verse 30 right here. But of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, so you have it, and I'll explain in just a moment, and righteousness. How righteous are you? How righteous is Jesus? Because as righteous as Jesus is, you are just as righteous as him. Are you with me? And sanctification, which is holiness. Don't let that word confuse you. Don't let anyone use that word and make you feel less than. No, no, no. I've seen that happen a lot too. Anytime someone says, what do you think about sanctification? They're just saying holiness. <laughs> They're just saying holiness. Jesus has become your holiness. So how holy are you? How holy is Jesus? And everyone said, Amen. how redeemed are you? How redeemed is Jesus? <laughs> because Jesus has become your wisdom, your righteousness, your holiness, your redemption. Jesus has become all of it. But notice the first thing is what? Wisdom from God. Now, if Jesus has become our wisdom, I think if all of us are being honest, at some point you've made a decision that wasn't very wise, right? We've all made a decision that wasn't very wise and it had consequences <laughs> that didn't follow the wise person, right? So if Jesus has become the wisdom for everyone who said, Jesus, you are my Lord, why do we not all walk in that wisdom? All right, just because you have it doesn't mean you still don't have to ask for it, okay? I'll show you that in just a moment, but let's look at Jesus real quick, can we do that? Let's look at Jesus. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says this, Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Now watch this, one more time. Who then is a faithful and what servant? Wise servant. If you look at different translations, they drop the word wise. I don't know why. But even in the Greek, the word wise is here. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. I love this verse because it speaks to me. <laughs> I am a servant in the house of God giving food in due season. All right. And what does it say? Verse 46. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find him doing so. Will find doing so. Find so doing. Okay. Now, I thought for many years this was when Jesus comes back at his second coming, at the rapture. We'll be doing what the Lord called me to do. But that's not what this verse is talking about per se. Verse 46, one more time. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. What does that mean? When you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, when the Lord comes and visits, if you're doing what you're supposed to, you'll be blessed for it. Now, we're not going to look at the punishment for those who don't. But then you come to verse 47. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. Are you with me? 
So when you have wisdom, when, according to Jesus, when you have wisdom, you will do exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And when the Lord comes to see what you're doing, when he visits what you're doing, he'll make you ruler over much more. That's why I said wisdom is literally preparing now for what you will encounter in the future. Only a fool looks at his present situation and says, I can't think about this. I have to only think about this. God wants you to have wisdom. God wants you to have wisdom. You know, let's go back to the food analogy. Can we do that? I love you. <laughs> you know, me and my wife, we were watching the Paleo Way on Netflix. And there was certain situations of people who had symptoms and diseases. And when they changed the way they were eating, all of a sudden the symptoms started dying off. I'm serious. In fact, a good friend of mine, I think it was Pastor, I think it was Pastor Dennis, we were talking about this a couple of months, a couple of months back last year. And he said, he was, telling me, showing me, uh, he was telling me about testimonies in a book from a couple of years ago. When people started changing the way they were eating, symptoms of certain things started dying off. Now again, and like I said before, Jesus is our health. We don't negate that. Jesus is our health. But God wants you to have wisdom. Excuse me. God wants you to have wisdom in such a way that wisdom will change every facet of your life. Wisdom will, will, will literally seep down into every crack of your life. And wisdom will cause you to do different things. And when you do different things, make different choices, you won't need to live miracle to miracle to miracle. Instead, after that, after that next miracle, you'll begin to walk in the wisdom of God and you won't encounter the same problems. I say, I say like this, as much as I love Parker and as much as I want to save him, when Parker says, Daddy, come, I love running to him and saving him. Like most of you do because you're parents, right? When your child says your name, maybe not the mother's because your name gets called more, but as a father, all right, <laughs> I love when Parker says, Daddy, come say, you know, Daddy, come help me, or Daddy, let's go race. We, we're racing now through our house. Parker says, you know, Daddy, come on, Daddy, come on. I love being the, you know, the superhero in that moment. We're going through all the DC superheroes. We don't like Marvel, we like DC. So I wanted to be Superman, he wants to be Flash. And so I tell him he's the Flash, he runs, I'm Flash Daddy. Yeah. So anyways, I love all these little fun moments with him. But more than that, all right? Well, let's use, let's use an example of him being in trouble. I had a dad moment. Let's use an example, Parker gets in trouble, all right? Parker gets in trouble at, at school. I love coming in and saving the day. You know, when another kid starts pushing him, I love stepping in and going, hold on. I don't fight children, but you need to step back, all right? I love being... Superman for my two-year-old son. I, you know what I'm saying? I love that. And God loves doing that for you. I, I hope you've gotten that from, from the years of being in this church. God loves saving you. Jesus is a savior. He loves saving you. But more than that, what if Parker saw a problem and he made a mature decision that two-year-olds don't make? This kid is bad for me. I don't want to be around him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That would make me smile. And that makes me so happy because now I don't always have to step in and push someone else out the way. Instead, I can see him making more mature decisions. And that's what wisdom is for all of us. Wisdom is God saying, hey, let me show you how to maneuver around problems. Instead of suffering for a moment, let's take suffering off the table entirely. Let's change everything in your life so that you don't have to suffer at all. At all. Again, I'm not taking away from miracles. The Lord wants to be a miracle worker in your life. But let him be a miracle worker that works through you, not always for you, <laughs> all right? Let him be a miracle worker that works through you. When you lay hands, the miracle happens. When you pray for someone, the miracle happens. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Yeah. Now, what's the secret? You say, well, what's the secret? It's all praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is a big part of it. It is a very big part of it. 
But God wants to give you wisdom. And wisdom is, sometimes you need to go and you need to talk to people. Sometimes you need to go say, hey, relax. Other times, leave them alone. You go somewhere else and pray. And when you walk away and pray, grace or wisdom will put an ornament of grace on your forehead. And you'll find that the people who really actually matter are pulling you in and saying, what do you think about this? In fact, I could go on to tell you more. I want to come to the end of this message. I could go on to tell you more. Now, my calling is not to be a manager at a car parts warehouse. It's not my calling. But like Joseph, his calling was not to be the, uh, the manager of the prison cell. Right? <laughs> it was not his calling. It was not his destiny. But my God, if you find yourself in a prison cell, they'll put you at the top. They'll put you in charge. If you find yourself somewhere where that's, that's not the end destination, may the grace of God cause you to accelerate and find yourself at the top. All you need is the wisdom of God, and wisdom will put grace on your forehead like an ornament. And everyone said, Amen. Now let me close with this. Let me close with this. In James, he said what? Ask and act. Ask and act. Can you say that? Say ask, ask. and act. Amen. All right? Let me, um, oh man. Can I show two more verses in close? Don't worry, the Super Bowl is starting late this morning. I already prayed. I'm just joking. I won't do that to you. Deuteronomy 34, watch this real quick. Deuteronomy 34, and I'm going to show you one more place, okay? Deuteronomy 34, verse 8. It says, And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Moses has just died. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. What does that mean? Wisdom can be imparted. Wisdom can be imparted. Put your hands on your children and say, May the spirit of wisdom go with you everywhere you find yourself today. I don't care how old they are. Put your hands on their head, on their, on their shoulders, and say, may the spirit of wisdom go with you everywhere you find yourself. All right? So he put his hands on him, and he was full of the spirit of wisdom. But what, look at what the next chapter says. Chapter 1. God is speaking to Joshua, and God says this. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you will observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Translation, then you will have wisdom to have good success. You know, some people have success, but they have no time for their family. Some people, excuse me, some people have success, but they have no time for the house of God. Some people have success, and they have no time to do anything. Some people have success, and they can't enjoy it. God wants to give you good success. And what is good success? That you have time to enjoy the pleasures of life. Are you with me? You have time to enjoy him. You have time to enjoy everything he's created for you. God wants you to have good success. It wasn't enough that he was full of the spirit of wisdom. He says, I want you to meditate in it day and night. When you have the spirit of wisdom, you know what you'll do? Instead of saying, well, I already have the wisdom of God, you'll start valuing this more than you used to. Wisdom will cause you to enjoy this more than someone who doesn't. Only a fool says, oh, well, I already have wisdom, I don't need to. <laughs> you know the night God gave Solomon wisdom? The very next day he went and said, okay, I'm going to hire someone to record everything that happens. If you're the wisest man on earth, don't you think you could remember all that? But the wisest man on earth said, okay, now I want to bring in 10 priests. I want to bring in 10 this. I want to bring in 20 this. Why? I want to start surrounding myself with other wise people. But you're the wisest man on earth. Wisdom begins to appreciate other wise people. Are you with me? And everyone said? Amen. No. This is my last place. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll close with this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 says, Therefore I also, Paul, this is the Apostle Paul, he's praying. He says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, 
do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, what is his prayer for them? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, before you keep reading, let me say this. The church in Ephesus was struggling with something. They were struggling because of this. They were very rich in understanding spiritual things, but they were very poor physically. And Paul began to realize, even though they have so much spiritual understanding, they're lacking physically. So what's the solution? Poverty is from God, right? <laughs> Thank you so much for not saying amen. No, no, you're suffering with poverty, but you're so rich in everything God has for you. Let's bridge the two. Are you ready? I'm going to bridge the two for the, for the church in Ephesus. So what does Paul say? This is my prayer for you. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the Father of glory, right? that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is what? Knowing what to do in the future. And revelation, knowing what you have right now. Knowing what belongs to you right now. That's why I love, I love, I love, I love the book of Revelation because you know what? I began to realize one day it's not about the serpent, it's not about the beast, it's the revelation of who? Jesus Christ. And when you understand this about Jesus Christ, you realize God is unveiling everything that already belongs to you. He's unveiling everything that belongs to you. Don't walk around suffering when you know that healing belongs to you. Don't walk around in poverty when wealth and true prosperity belongs to you. So what does he say? A spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who? Jesus. I love it. Oh man, I love it. It's not enough to say, Jesus is my wisdom. You need to ask him for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Ask him, ask him. And he gives it to everyone who asks graciously. Oh man, in the knowledge of Jesus, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now, let's put it all together the way it actually sounds. And then we'll close with this. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, so that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Look at this, that you may know what is the hope. You know that hope is a confident expectation. So watch this. When you have a spirit of wisdom, knowing what to do in the future, and revelation, what belongs to you right now, watch this. The eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Why? So that you may know what is the hope, the expectation of your calling. So you'll know where God is taking you. You'll know where God is calling you to be. All right. You won't get stuck where you're at. You'll know where God is taking you. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Amen. What belongs to you right now? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. And then watch this verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? according to the working of his mighty power. My God. And if you read the next verse, which you're not, but if you read the next verse, he says this, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that God is directing to you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead after being dead three days, God is funneling that same power to you right now. We only suffer for a lack of spirit of wisdom and revelation. And when you get both, you'll find that wealth follows you. When you get both, you'll find that everything you need follows you. Make wisdom the first thing. Make wisdom principle. Next time you make a decision, stop for a moment and say, Father, I receive a spirit of wisdom right now. I don't know what to do, but I receive a spirit of wisdom right now. When your children leave, I'm serious. When your children leave, lay your hands on them and say, may the, may the spirit of wisdom and revelation go with you right now. 
In fact, my prayer for you in just a moment is going to be that for all of us. All right? But make wisdom principle. And let's watch and see what the Lord can do. Thanks for listening to Center Church Podcast. We trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to receive more of our content in the future, you can email us at centercharlotte at gmail.com or just visit our website at centercharlotte.org. Thanks for tuning in and may God's grace cover you in every area of your life.